What is? What is? What is? What is biblical counseling? Biblical counseling will grow you from brokenness to wholeness. The light bulbs are going off in my head. <laughs> this is like deep. I just haven't thought of it that way. It's mind blowing to me. I don't know if I've ever had anybody put it that plainly to me before. All this time I've been going to church, this never resonated with me. This is Transformed. And now your host, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University and Certified Biblical Counselor, Dr. Greg Gifford. Welcome back to Transformed. My name is Dr. Greg Gifford, and I'm your host, both of this show and then also of the TV series. Hopefully you've had a chance to see. It was interesting recently. I got to see some clips from season two, and they're coming out really well. So friends and family, church members here and there will say, hey, we saw you on TV the other day. And it's neat to see some of your feedback as well. You guys have been emailing me and sharing with me some of the things that have been helpful from Transform. So glad it's helpful. Today, we're in the middle of a series that we've been discussing regarding biblical masculinity. And all along the way, I've done my best to pose the question, what does it mean to be a man and not a woman? That distinctive is important. And generally speaking, I've painted three categories and we've spent our time in two of those categories. The three categories are that the Bible defines what it means to be a man, number one. Secondarily, your body defines what it means to be a man. God has created men differently biologically. That's even down to genetics, not only bone structure, not only organs, but even down to genetics. So your body is the second category. And then culture helps define masculinity as well, manhood, meaning we should live by cultural standards to varying degrees. So today we are starting a new character trait that the Bible teaches are distinct to men, something that a man should pursue. That is gentleness, gentleness. Now, let me recap. Here's what I've said so far. A man is courageous. Number one, if a man is cowardly, he's acting unmanly. A man should be pure. He should treat his sisters in Christ in all purity, 1 Timothy 5. A man should be honorable to women. That's the third, to act in a way that corresponds to the relationship he has with that woman as a mom, as a sister, as a wife, as a daughter in Christ. A man is to act honorably to women. Fourth, a man is to be proactive. A lazy, idle, passive man is unmanly. And perhaps that's the sin of the garden that Adam was not leading in an active and loving and vigilant way. But Adam was, in fact, passive. And as a result of that, he sinned against the Lord and the fall of sin entered into the human race. Today, I'm going to talk about gentleness. So if you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, open it up to Galatians chapter 5. Some of you might be wondering, wait a minute, that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's not what it means to be a man. Yeah, great. Let's start there, and then I'll answer that question. Verse 22 of Galatians 5 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. 
you, you see the list here. This is true of any Christian, male or female, that when the Spirit of God is working in you, he produces this fruit. And the various aspects of this fruit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Distinctive to being a Christian is that you would be a person who's marked by gentleness or a synonym, which is meekness. It's this sobriety. This It's connected to humility. James even says in the humility and uses meekness, the humility of meekness, the meekness of humility in James chapter 3, verse 17 and following. So we have gentleness as something that's correspondent to being a Christian, and that's what the Spirit of God produces in you. Let me say it in a way that is contradictory to this. If I'm a harsh individual, I lack gentleness, then I'm acting in a way that does not reflect God's Spirit is working in my life. Harshness is not indicative of God working in your life. Have you ever thought about that? You're short, you're rude, you're unkind, you're harsh and abrasive with those that are around you. It's not reflective of God's spirit working. In fact, Jesus himself says in an offer of salvation, Matthew 11, he says that he is gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus identifies himself as being meek or gentle. Gentleness is something that all Christians should possess, but what may surprise you is that Paul is going to tease that out further specifically for men. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. I want to go to Ephesians 6, and then I want to go to Colossians chapter 4. Ephesians 6 verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first command with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Some of you are like, oh, don't remind me of that. My parents made me write that out when I got in trouble. Now quote it back to us, sweetie. Honor your father and mother. (laughs) Yes, all of us with children have used this passage. Now look at verse four. This is addressed directly to men who are dads. Fathers, you have to be a male to be a father. Father, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Something that a male who is a father is called to do distinctively is not provoke his children to being mad. Do not be an exasperating father. Do not be a harsh father. Do not be an antagonizing father. Men who are dads who are listening to this show Remember that God has called you to be a dad who is gentle and patient with your kids. Now, you may say, well, that's not exactly gentleness. Okay, all right. I'll play ball. Let's go to Colossians. I said chapter 4 earlier, but it's actually at the end of chapter 3. Verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives What's the next part say in verse 19? And do not be harsh with them. Fathers, verse 21, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Men who are married, Paul teases this out further and said, if you are a man who is married, do not be a harsh man. It is unbiblical for you to be harsh. Why? Because you're not being gentle. 
You know what I mean? You're not exuding the gentleness, which represents the spirit of God working in your life. Harshness to a woman who is your wife is ungodly. It's unbiblical and it's sinful. Verse 21, you see again, do not provoke your children. A dad who is harsh provokes his children. Don't be surprised whenever we see rebellious children who are struggling to submit to harsh fathers. Don't be surprised. You and I would struggle to submit to a harsh father. And some of you are like, yes, Dr. Gifford, I've had a harsh father and that ain't easy. You get it. You understand what that's like. Biblically, our fathers are to be gentlemen. Ooh, you think about that? A gentleman, however you want to say that. Not in the sense that he's chivalrous and uses silverware, but in the sense that he is a gentle man. He's a man who exudes gentleness. So practically speaking, when a father is harsh, he's lacking something. He's acting in a way that's unmanly. God has called him to be distinctively meek or gentle. What makes a man and not a woman is that he is a man who is gentle. Harsh men are unmanly men. Now that seems culturally shocking at times. Sometimes we we think of this rough rider type, the John Wayne type. He's slapping bad guys. He carries a pistol. He's got like this chewing tobacco cup that he spit again. (laughs) And we're like, oh, there's a man's man. No, that's not a man's man. Do you imagine that the guy that's soft-spoken, loves reading, would enjoy sitting by the fire, hates chewing tobacco, would you imagine that guy who is gentle is actually more manly than the harsh man? When we imagine a manly man, you have to be guarded against thinking that harshness and this cavalier attitude is distinctive to manhood. It's not. In fact, it's so much not that that type of cavalier harshness can exasperate a woman who is your wife or provoke children that are your children that you should be loving and caring for and raising in the admonition instruction. And instead, your harshness is provoking them. A cavalier harshness is unbiblical. There is no place for John Wayne dudes for Jesus John Wayne dudes for Jesus are unmanly men. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, I'm going to continue to tease out what it means for a man to be gentle and then how we as men can practically pursue gentleness. We'll be right back. All right, well, let's take this quick break right now. Thank you so much for listening to Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford today as he is diving deep into biblical masculinity, specifically embracing gentleness. And if you've been thinking, hey, I need more of that, let me point you to a resource that we have on our website that you may have on your bookshelf right now. If you don't, you need to pick it up. It's A.W. Pink's The Attributes of God, a great read, and it could serve as your roadmap to understanding the gentleness of God and how to mirror it in your own life. Here's a taste of Pink's wisdom. He says, God's power is like himself, infinite, eternal, incomprehensible. It can neither be checked, restrained, nor frustrated by the creature. Now, that's one sentence in an entire book that will blow your mind. A.W. Pink's The Attributes of God. Grab your copy right now at Transformed. 
www.thepeopleshow.org. And while you're there, I do want to ask you if you would do me a super big solid. Would you consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? What does that do? Well, it helps us keep the lights on around here, but it also helps us continue producing, transform, and our other resources. We're on a mission here, people. We're on a mission to help people move from brokenness to wholeness, and we need your help in order to do it. So what do you say? You want to help us transform some lives? If you do, just become a gospel partner at transform.org. Speaking of transformation, are you interested in possibly transforming your church? Maybe you want to transform your role in ministry. I'm talking about becoming a biblical counselor. Because let's face it, biblical counselors are pretty scarce in some parts of the country, and there's a desperate need for more of them. And if you've ever thought about becoming a biblical counselor and getting certified, well, got the resource for you. We've got a lot of resources for you, as a matter of fact, but I do want to recommend to you David Pallison's Seeing with New Eyes right now. This book is chock full of insights that'll help you see through God's eyes. In the book, Pallison says, quote, counseling is about love love for God, love for the person in front of you. It's about helping people see themselves as they are in God's eyes. This book, I promise you, it's a must read for anyone ready to start their journey to becoming a biblical counselor. You can grab it right now, along with some other resources at transformed.org. Now, before we end our chat and get you back to Dr. Gifford, I want to tell you, if you've been wrestling with any issues, you need some answers to some of the things that you yourself have been personally going through, well, don't hesitate to send Dr. Gifford an email, and you may very well hear him answer the email on a future episode of Transformed. No need to include your name if you don't want to. We, we get it. These are sensitive issues sometimes, and we're not here to, to judge you or to embarrass you. We're here to offer help. So your question, again, may be featured on a future episode of Transformed, but you got to send it to Dr. Gifford first. It's Greg at transformed.org. All right, now that's enough for me. Now let's get back to the man himself, Dr. Greg Gifford, as we learn more about embracing gentleness in our walk with Christ. Welcome back to Transform. The Bible would tell us that OCD is not a disorder. It is the fruit of wrong believing and wrong theology. And now your host, Dr. Greg Gifford. Welcome back to Transform. We've been talking about what it means to be a man and not a woman. And today I've been raising the character trait of gentleness as a manly character trait. I clarified, I said, look, every Christian should be exuding gentleness. It, it would not be fair to say a, a woman should be harsh, and that's completely biblically legitimate. But what you noticed in Colossians 3, also in Ephesians 6, is that Paul digs in a bit and says, dads, don't be harsh with your kids. Husbands, don't be harsh with your wives. If you are a harsh man, you are acting as an ungodly man. Harshness as a man does not promote biblical manhood. All right, now, many of you don't know me personally, but one of the things that's part of my past is a time in the United States Army. Go Army, by the way. Go Army, beat Navy all the way. Sorry if you're a Navy person listening to this, but go Army. We're better. In the Army and in the military in general, there was this attitude that slowly started to rub off on me. It was a gruffness. 
you guys that work in like first responder fields, police, sheriff, fire, those of you that are military or paramilitary organizations, and some of you that are in just like a contracting construction business, masonry, electrical, plumbing, those types of things, sometimes you're in a very gruff environment all day. What I found is that when I was doing my four years of active duty service in the best military in the world, aka the United States Army, I was being rubbed off on by dudes who were gruff dudes. And over time, it just started to become like the atmosphere of how we lived. Like we would just have this drill sergeant mentality of, hey, suck it up. Like too bad. Quit complaining. Get over it. That type of gruffness was actually dangerous for my soul and dangerous for my marriage because then what began to happen is it didn't just stay at work. I would come home and bring a gruff attitude to my wife. Now think of this. The Bible calls me to nourish and cherish my wife, not be gruff and harsh toward her. One of the things that we have to be realistic about men is if we're not careful, we are surrounded by environments that are gruff and harsh. You're working on the police force. The guys that you're serving with on the police force are not gentle men. They're not gentle dudes. They're gruff. They're harsh, like this dog eat dog world. And so you start to learn how to interact in that world. But you got to be very careful in that world that you don't start to pick up the character traits of harshness or the character traits of gruffness. In that world, I had to go through a detox period of sorts whenever I got out. When I got out of the United States Army as a 26-year-old, one of the things that I had to do is to normalize because I began to think something like, these civilians are all lazy. Everybody should be up at 5.30 morning running. Why wouldn't you? Come on. So what? It was hard for me. Why is it not hard for you? That harshness will, it will basically contaminate all of your life. One of the things that you as men who are listening and ladies, as you're listening of those who are men that are close to you, we have to be intentional as a man to cultivate gentleness. Some of us deviate to harshness by nature or we're in harshness from eight to five every day. And when we come out of that, there has to be a detox period where we say, I am not treating my wife like my soldier. My wife's name is Amber, and one time she said to me, Greg, I'm not one of your soldiers. And I thought, oh, man, what did I just say? She's right. She's not one of my soldiers. I have no right to be unkind, harsh to anyone, including and especially my wife. So when we are detoxing practically, men, that means that you're aware the environment in, that you're in is gruff. And when you're leaving that environment, you are intentionally saying, I got to step up my gentleness game when I get home. And I am not going to be gruff with my kids, harsh to my wife, gruff with my friends, and cultivate this environment of just gruffness. That's unmanly of me. Doesn't that feel weird? It feels weird to be in an army environment and be with a group of strong men and then say, it's unmanly of me to be harsh toward anyone, especially those that are friends, family, wife, kids. So I need to detox. I got to be aware of that. And as I'm aware of that, I would encourage some of you men to begin to meditate on the aspects of how Jesus reveals himself as being gentle. Isn't it interesting in Matthew 11, around verse 28, that Jesus identifies his own heart as being gentle? 
that's not different from God the Father. He identifies himself as being compassionate and slow to anger. Compassion and gentleness are not the same thing, but they are related to each other. When Jesus says he's gentle, how dare we say we're going to be harsh? Jesus got it wrong. Jesus is the ultimate man. He is the ultimate man. He's the ultimate man's man. And he claims that he is gentle. For some of us as men, we need to meditate on the gentleness of Christ. We need to observe the way that he washed the feet of his disciples. He didn't say, you guys are gross, man. Suck it up. Wash your own feet. Nasty. That's not what Jesus said. He took on the form of a servant in gentleness and lowliness and did the dirty job. There are multiple times throughout the Gospels where you're going to see the gentleness of Christ demonstrated, so much so that Paul uses the love that Christ has for the church as an example for men who are married to emulate. Men, when you're going through that detox period of coming out of a harsh environment, you need to begin to meditate on the glory of Jesus's gentleness and let that begin to transform you. Secondarily, let me give you practical ways outside of meditating on Jesus's gentleness as revealed in the gospel. Number one, your communication. Who, baby? Hey, the man that controls his tongue is a perfect man, James says. It's hard. This little tongue of mine is a tongue that can start a forest fire, James chapter 3. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. If I let her rip with my communication, then I can burn some stuff down, and so can you. So here is the reality. Men, one of the places we are the most gruff, the things that we say and the ways that we say them, we as men have to practically work on our tone of voice. And if you think you're not yelling and those around you think you are yelling, newsflash to you, you are yelling and your tone is too loud. You can say accurate things in a loud way that's hurtful and harsh. If you yell at your children, yell at your wife, the reality is that you are a man who is lacking gentleness in your communication. How can you as a man cultivate gentle communication? When your kid comes up to you and does something that bothers you, legitimately bothers you, how are you going to respond in a gentle way? Because that's what God and Christ calls you to do. Men who are single, when you have a customer at work that is annoying you, antagonizing you, wanting to talk to your manager and making your day more difficult. In that moment, you as a man are going to have to practice gentle words. Our communication is one of the most direct places that we struggle with being men who are gentle. Your communication, what you say, obviously we're not using curse words. Obviously we're not using derogatory, corrupting communication, Ephesians 4.29. Obviously we're not doing that. That's blatantly unbiblical. But furthermore, we're never going to raise our voice out of anger. We're not going to, to overpower people in our communication. We're not going to be harsh. We're not going to be snippety. We're going to exude gentleness in our communication. So we detox, we meditate on the glory of Jesus Christ. We work on our communication. Lastly, we work on our demeanor. All right, hear me out on this. What do I mean by demeanor? 
Sometimes harsh men actually have a very intimidating presence, almost as if they're ready to be physically violent. If you're not careful as a man, your demeanor exudes harshness. You get a stern look in your eye. The vein in your forehead is pulsating, and now your shoulders square up and you face person. You face a person in a way that's intimidating. Your demeanor is harsh. You need to think about the way that you're communicating yourself right now. You know, we are not Bruce Lee about to get ready into some karate match with somebody that we're upset with. You need to see that in your body posture, your demeanor, your eyes, the stance that you possess, are you standing over someone? Are you towering? Are you leaning into them? Are you wagging your finger at them? That's your demeanor. Men, you need to practice a demeanor that is gentle. To have a gentle demeanor means it doesn't look like I'm about to go Bruce Lee on somebody and karate chop something. Maybe I need to actually sit down for a second. Maybe I need to get my hands out of their face. Maybe I need to not stare into their soul as we're talking about this, as if I'm grimacing at them. All of that's harshness. And that harshness is antithetical to a biblical manhood that should be gentle. So men who are harsh in their demeanor are men that need to grow in gentleness in their demeanor. A key takeaway from today is that if you are a man who wrestles with harshness, you're harsh towards your friends, you're harsh towards your wife, you're harsh towards your kids, whatever that looks like, then you are an unmanly man. And I don't mind telling you that. You're an unmanly man. You are not like Jesus. Jesus describes himself as gentle. What has God called us to be? Strong men, courageous men, pure men, men that take initiative and act honorably to women. But that doesn't make us harsh. That makes us gentle. I can be a strong leader with initiative who's still a gentle man. I hope that would be true of you, honestly. I hope that the Lord would grant us favor in this endeavor to begin to teach men Hey, you should be strong, but you should also be gentle concurrently. Those are not exclusive of each other. Let's have confidence knowing that when we are men who are gentle, we are doing what God's called us to do. Let me pray this for us. And along the way, I know there are questions that you guys have been slowly emailing me. I wish you would continue to do that. It's greg at transformed.org. And as you send those my way, what I do is I begin to archive them and then we're going to spend a few episodes here in a little bit talking through the questions that you have. So feel free to send them my way. Let me pray for us. Lord, do a work in men who are hearing this and are connected to this show that they would be convicted that they need to be gentle. They need to be men who are strong leaders, yet gentle. They need to be men who take initiative and yet they're gentle. They need to protect women and yet be men who are gentle. Oh, Lord, protect us from being gruff misusers of our strength. Help us to be men who honor you in our strength and express it in gentle ways. Lord, we, we ask for this for the blessing of those that are around us, for the good of women, and for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 